Silence. Oppenheimer. I myself am strange and unusual. This is Nerf Right Radio! Nerd Alert! See, this is the stuff that brings nerds together. So it's sort of social. Demented and sad, but social, right? If I'm interested in it, then by definition, it is nerdy. Are you a loser denial or something? My dad's a nerd. And welcome to episode 298 of Nerd Pride Radio. 298. Key and Peel had five seasons of their show on Comedy Central. And in those five seasons, they had 298 sketches. Can you believe that? 298. And uh, apparently, over at Vulture, uh, some writer after my own heart, uh, Lucas Kapner, decided that, well, 298, now that it's over, he wrote this a few years ago. So 298, as long as you know they're all done, this is all there is ever going to be, I need to rank them. And so he did. He took them all the way from 298, which was some uh, racist sketch of them as two Middle Eastern men uh, catcalling women at the gym, and uh, all the way up to th- his number one, which is the uh, East versus West uh, College Football Bowl, uh, where they name the players and they all have really, uh, really weird names. There you go. Uh, so... That's 298. Ask me how I'm doing today. Go on. Ask me. Go on. I am awesome. My name is Mike Jones. I am a Pathfinder slash D&D nerd, a history nerd, a sci-fi nerd, a comic book nerd, computer nerd, movie nerd, comedy nerd, science nerd, gaming nerd, plus. It's like seven other kinds of nerd. I only wish I was nerdy enough to be. You are listening to Nerd Pride Radio, the place I go every week to haver on about all the nerd stuff that just won't fit in my skull anymore. Uh... As always, we are recording live from our Nerd Pride studios in my living room. So uh, you'll notice that there is no co-host today. Uh, Aiden is not here. Uh, Aiden is, uh, he has a co-worker who went, or maybe two co-workers, went home sick and they are being tested for COVID, but they don't know if they have COVID. And so therefore, Aiden is, uh, is holding up in his place. And uh, just staying away from everybody. So he is not here to record with us today, which is sad. But Aiden, I love you. I miss you. I'm sorry you're not here, buddy. Um, Anyway, it's time for the meticulously plotted portion of the podcast. This is the time for me where I talk about all the interesting things I've stumbled across in the last week. If something tickles my nerd fancy during the course of my busy, busy week, I add it to my master list. And then the very best stuff off of that list gets spewed out all over you guys. Every week when I record, you lucky dogs. Straight into it, uh, we're going to start with the science corner. Oh, she blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. And that music means if you don't walk away now, you might be in danger of learning something. Uh, this also might have been a nerd rage, but I'm not going to be really ragey about it. Um, could have been uncomfortable topics, but uh, I'm not really going to delve into the politics of it. Uh, I wanted to discuss poll numbers and uh, polling in general. It's just a thing. It just annoys me, uh, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've told you guys about it, uh, but I tell you guys everything. But in 2016, after 2016, the consensus from the world was, oh, my God, how did the polls get it so wrong? I mean, Hillary Clinton was a lock to win, and yet – Nope, didn't happen. And so, uh, it was, it's always been this big question of how did the polls get it so wrong? What went wrong there? Well, turns out the polls didn't get it wrong. And that's the thing that, that I keep trying to tell people. And I don't think it sinks in is that the polls didn't get it wrong. The polls were, uh, within two to three percent of the actual result, which is a very small error. Most presidential elections, uh, if the poll is within two or three, that's a really good year. 
Uh, if it's, you know, four to five, that's fairly normal. And sometimes it's off by as much as six, seven percent. And that's, that's totally normal. Um, that's just how presidential elections go. And we don't have a huge number of presidential elections where we have this much data on hand. So, you know, we only go back like the last 10 or 12 elections. Very small sample size. But in general, being off by two or three percent is actually pretty damn good. And what happened in 2016 is that it was just a really close race. It, uh, it, electoral college speaking, um, the uh, the popular vote was, you know, well, even the popular vote was uh, Hillary won by two percent, I think. It was three million votes. So about two percent was her lead in the popular vote. Uh, but in the electoral college, it was extremely close. And two to three percent is within the margin of error that it it happened to swing it that that two or three percent in in Trump's favor swung the electoral college to his side. I mean, that's how narrow it was. So the polls weren't wrong. They were just the 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 decision of win or lose was within the margin of error, and it felt pretty close. And so that's what happened. And so applying that to this year, 2020, because I'm obsessive about numbers like this. I'm obsessive about the polls. Um, I still check in with 538 most days that I just go in and look and see where they're falling at. And right now, I mean, this is still, you know, two months out from the election. But right now, uh, the polling is leaning towards Biden. Uh, he is he is favored, is the way they list it. He is favored to win. Uh, but the actual numbers, like in, 20, uh, in 2016, on election day, 538 was giving Trump a one in three chance of winning. I mean, that's, yeah, okay. Clearly, Clinton was, was, you know, twice as likely to win. It seemed, you know, fairly large. She was most likely to win, but, but a one in three shot for Trump. I mean, that's, you know, do you, do you want to, you want to wager on a one in three shot? Are you willing to, you know, if you're playing Russian roulette, are you willing to put two bullets in the chamber and spin it and see what happens? I mean, one in three is a pretty big chance and, and he won. So now this time, uh, they are currently at 538 giving Trump a, one in four chance of winning, all right, giving Biden a three in four chance of winning. Now, if the polls stay as steady as they have been, because they have not been fluctuating much, Trump's approval numbers have been rock solid for four years. They've His approval numbers almost never change. Um, and the poll numbers have been pretty solid as well for who people are going to vote for. And so if these poll numbers keep staying as steady as this, then okay, it will... Um, the odds will lean more and more in in Biden's favor as we get closer to the election. But maybe they don't. Anything can happen in two months. We've got a pandemic out there. We've got uh, protests in all sorts of major cities. We've got a lot of things going on and things can change. And, and again, you know, when you're putting uh, a one in four chance for Trump, that means that we are, you know, one moderate-sized polling error away from this being an even race. So, you know, if it turns out the polls are off by 2 or 3% for whatever reason, uh, then that means that the race could be dead even for all we know. Although, if the polls are off in the other direction, it means that Biden's a lock. And, and so, you know, but but we don't know. That's how That's how close everything is. So, the lesson for all of you is vote. Go vote. That's that's really all there is. Most places in this country, uh, you can vote right now. Like you, you can, I I I can request my absentee ballot. It will be here in about a week. I mean, like my state, state of Nebraska, uh, has had uh, no excuse absentee vo- uh, voting uh, available to all voters for a while, and so. Uh, this particular election, they sent us our. They send us a postcard that says, "Hey, do you want a ballot? If so, just return this card, and then they will." So, if I return my card, I get my ballot. Uh, I can mail it back in right now, or I can just go drop it off at the at the polling place, which I happen to work at every once in a while. I fix their computers for them, so I can just drop that off anytime. Uh, God, in fact, oh, that's scary. I forgot about that. We just got a 
an email from our boss saying that it's time to uh, we need to do some upgrades on polling machines or not polling machines, but on uh, offices or we're doing updates on computers in the offices, uh, the the election offices uh, here in our counties, and so it's not. It's not that we're touching the the polling machines themselves. We're not getting anywhere near the actual data, but we do have to work on their machines, and it's all really sensitive stuff. And so, therefore, uh, there's all sorts of guidelines and restrictions and stuff for what happens when we go into those places and what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. And so, ooh, fascinating. Uh, God, I completely forgot about that. That came in like Friday afternoon just before we were leaving. Ooh, oh, man, that's going to be intense. Okay, but anyway, uh, again, my lesson is, Go vote. If you have the ability to go vote now, go vote now. Go in and vote early. All right, don't because uh, if you go vote early, yeah, okay, you have to go out in public, uh, but but it's not going to be crowded right now. You can go out now and and keep socially distanced and wear your mask and wash your hands, and you'll be fine. Uh, if you get it mailed to you and then you mail it back, if you do it right now, it'll be in plenty of time to be counted before Election Day, and therefore you don't need to worry as much about it. I wouldn't wait until the last two weeks, uh, the way things have been going and the controversies going on with the post office. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take any chances, all right? Uh, but also, depending on where you live, it may not be safe for you to for you to be going to the polls either on, on Election Day. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be um, – I'm – I'm planning on voting early, but if it came down to it and I had to go vote on election day, uh, again, my polling place is never busy. Um, I've never had more than, you know, three people online ahead of me when I've gotten there. So, uh, you know, social distancing wouldn't be a problem. They give you private places, private tables and booths where you can fill out your stuff, whatever. But still, if you can vote early, vote early and vote because again, you know, three in four chance of Biden, one in four chance of Trump. And, you know, we are just one pulling error away from making this either a runaway or a dead even race. So uh, your vote counts. Go get it in. Even even if, and I, I had this conversation with my kids, even though I didn't need to, they're going to vote anyway. But even if you live in a state where you don't think your vote matters, uh, where, you know, I'm voting in Nebraska. Nebraska is I'm voting in Nebraska's, uh, what am I, second district, third district? I don't remember. Uh, no, it's not second district. Second district is Omaha. That's the one that matters. In Omaha, we might give one electoral vote to Biden, uh, but all the rest of them in, in Nebraska are going to go to Trump for sure. Uh, there is no there is no way of overcoming that no matter what I do with my vote. But it still matters. It still matters. I mean, one, there's way more on the ballot than just the president. And two, even if it was just the president, I want my vote in there because I want I want the popular vote total to be um, to be as decisive as possible. Even if even if I don't think it's going to matter for the actual electoral count, I still want that popular vote to show because that makes a difference. It sways people. I mean, one party has won the has won the popular vote in like the last in eight of the last nine elections. And yet, and yet, somehow both parties are are winning the presidency at about the same rate, even though one of them keeps winning the popular vote all the time. That's that's weird. And so, the more often that happens, the more we realize that maybe our system is broken. Maybe there's something unfair here. Maybe we don't really have one person, one vote. So, um, as in, as in, not I'm not saying people are voting multiple times. I'm just saying that you know. The weights of our votes aren't equal, which is by design. That's the way the framers of the Constitution made it on purpose. But uh, maybe, maybe it's more unfair than we want. So, anyway, uh, that's it. Go vote. That's all I'm saying. Vote. All right. <laughs> See, that's it. Was it should it should have been should have been uncomfortable topics. It should have been. It was. I made it a science corner, but I ended with a go vote. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Instead, we're going to do the science fiction double feature. Science fiction double feature. That's right. Here at Nerd Pride Radio, you get not one, but two movie reviews for the same low, low price. All right. You know me and time travel movies. I'm obsessed with them. And my brother, he loves horror movies. I also love horror movies, but not as much as he loves horror movies. And so my brother uh, 
has made it his mission to watch every horror movie that is theatrically released every year, or whatever we're counting as a as a feature film nowadays. That because uh, apparently there's a difference between direct to video and Netflix. There's a who knows. It doesn't matter. The whole point is he watches all the horror movies, and uh, uh, and so I thought to myself, God, is it possible to do that with time travel movies? I'm not like I'm going to try and copycat him and and do some mission to watch every time travel movie, but I thought. You know, time travel's big. There's there's all sorts of time travel movies I've never heard of. And so I went and started looking to see what's come out in the last few years that might be good. And uh, so this week I watched two of them that I found. They're both from last year. And uh, the first one is called In the Shadow of the Moon. It's on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original. And In the Shadow of the Moon uh, is a... Is a sort. It starts off as a police crime drama sort of thing, and it stays mostly as that, but it veers off into some weird territory. And uh, it is most decidedly a time travel movie. And the female lead in this is a young woman named Cleopatra Coleman, who I have never heard of before, but she was fantastic on screen. I really liked her, and I and I liked this entire movie. All right, uh, this is. Uh, a police detective in 1988 uh, comes across a serial killer and there's a confrontation and there's a lot of weirdness that in that that this time traveler seems to know. Well, I just said time traveler. You figured that out early on. I'm not giving anything away. This criminal, when we face off with her, uh, knows more than she should. Uh, there's weird things that don't make any sense. And it, cause she's a time traveler, but we knew that cause we knew it was a time travel movie. So it's pretty obvious that that's what's going on. Then everything's gone, done. This is settled. And yet now, way later, all of a sudden there's new cases that look exactly like the old cases. And oh my God, why are there these connections? And holy crap, is that her? That, how is that even possible? Anyway, it's fantastic. It is really, really fantastic. This movie uh, comes to a very satisfying conclusion uh, from a storytelling perspective. From a time travel perspective, uh, you know what? Even that one, no, still pretty good. It's not, I mean, that's the problem with a good, if you're going to tell a good time travel story where everything makes sense, uh... And gives you a satisfying conclusion. The science is going to be off a little bit. There's going to be some paradoxes in a time travel movie. There always are, unless you're watching Primer. Pri- but you know, Primer is really cerebral. Holy crap! Uh, but anyway, it's a great movie. In the Shadow of the Moon. It's like I say, a gritty police drama that is about time travel, and it touches on Black Lives Matter uh, briefly. It dwells uh, a lot more on uh, on right-wing extremism. It is, it is good uh, political social commentary for our day, while also being a fantastic movie. Go watch In the Shadow of the Moon. You, if you have any interest in sci-fi uh, stuff at all, this is a great story. All right. Uh, then the next one I watched... Uh, also recommended to me from this same list is on Hulu and it is called James versus his future self. All right. And here's the weird part. Also from last year, these two movies were released about the same time. Uh, the female lead in James versus his future self is a young woman who I've never heard of before called Cleopatra Coleman. It's the same woman in both. Films. I, it, it was weird. I, like as she comes on screen, I'm like, that's her, isn't it? Oh my god, I can't believe... Yeah, yeah, it is her. So, uh, I just, like I say, out of this list of, of 50 possible time travel movies that I might want to watch, uh, I picked out two that happen to be uh, available for free on streaming, and both of them happen to be last year, and both of them happen to star Cleopatra Coleman. And uh, she was she was charming in this one. James versus his future self is a... Uh, is a more of a comedy, um, a romantic comedy, probably. Yeah, it's a rom-com, uh, but it is, it is a uh, young man 
scientist, researcher, who is obsessed with uh, discovering time travel. That's what he wants. He wants to invent time travel. That is his whole mission in life, and he is obsessive about it, to the exclusion of everything else in his life, including Cleopatra Coleman. And and then he has a run-in with uh, Daniel Stern, by the way, as the actor. He has a run-in with his future self, who tries to slap some sense into him and tell him that, no, no, whatever you do, quit pursuing this. Oh, my God. Do you know what kind of horrible, horrible life I've led because of you? No, don't do this. And so they go back and forth. And every time, you know, he he is gamely trying. Uh, You know, again, the whole point is that he's obsessed with his work. Even when he has opportunities for other things that could enrich him or fulfill him, uh, he always screws them up or completely passes them over in favor of work. Uh, and so uh, so his future self is trying to teach him how to live in the moment. And and every time it's like, well, do you think that did it? Well, I'm still here, so clearly not. Uh, this one, the time travel aspect of it is a little bit wonkier. Um and it clearly doesn't work, but that's because it's a rom-com and it's not supposed to be about the, the, the science of it. It's supposed to be about uh, what happens when your future self comes back and tells you what the fuck up you've been. And, and it was really fun. It was, I, of the two of them in the shadow of the moon is way better. All right. It was a fantastic movie, but uh, James versus his future self is also fun. And I had a great time watching it. So, uh, I recommend on both of those, really. Uh, in addition to that, look, I watched those two movies. Yesterday, my wife and I decided to take a a no-brainer movie day. We just pulled out our movie list, and we rolled randomly. And the first one we watched was uh, Train to Busan, which she's never seen before, but I have, and I'm thrilled to watch again. If you want, Again, Train to Busan, I've talked about it before. If you want a zombie movie that'll make you ball your eyes out, this is the one. I'm just warning you. It's great. It is so good. Uh, and then we also saw um, The One and Only Ivan, which is a Disney family movie, and it came off like a Disney family movie. And it was it was okay. It had cute moments, but it was mostly kind of dumb. I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste any time on it. Uh, and then last of all, we saw, um, oh, what was the, oh, oh, Project Power. Project Power, a kind of gritty superhero-ish sort of thing from Netflix. Uh, which was starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, both of whom I love. And they really, uh, they brought some great talent to this. And it's it's a perfectly serviceable superhero-ish action thriller. I mean, like, it was really good. It wasn't great. It's not, you know, I think uh, Netflix is wanting to make a franchise out of this thing, which, okay, great, go ahead. Uh, I'll watch them. But you know, it's not a, uh, you know, not not blowing me away. But uh, they did some new things with it, and I appreciated it. So um, that was all right. But but see, okay, that's not all. All right. In addition to two time travel movies and then three movies yesterday with my wife, uh, we also participated in a uh, Nicolas Cage movie challenge where we had to watch five Nicolas Cage movies this week, uh, chosen for us, not not of our own choosing, and. Uh, uh, we watched Valley Girl, Leaving Las Vegas, Next, the one where he's a, a stage musician in Vegas who can see two minutes into the future, which, by the way, we saw Leaving Las Vegas where he's an alcoholic who dies in Vegas, uh, spoiler warning, and we saw Next where he is a Vegas magician with superpowers, and then we saw the fourth one was The Trust where he's a Vegas cop, and it's a heist movie. Uh and then last of all, Between Worlds, which was just utter nonsense. Oh, this was torturous. I will tell you, I enjoyed the trust. All right. Most people just said all five of them were shit and they hated it and they couldn't believe they were torturing themselves watching all of these movies for this stupid challenge. Uh, but you know what? I thought the trust was good. Uh, overall, look, Valley Girl was nostalgic fun, uh, but still a crappy movie and I shouldn't have wasted my time. Leaving Las Vegas, I... With my brother's help, there was some good analysis in there that I appreciate the movie for what it was trying to do, but it was still torture to watch. Next was a great premise that turned out to be stupid in execution. Uh, the Trust, again, I like The Trust. It, it, was, it was Nick Cage and Elijah Wood as, as cops. It's a heist movie. 
I had fun. I really liked that one. And then Between Worlds was still just utter nonsense. So, um, yeah. So, ten. Ten movies this week. That's a lot. Uh, speaking of Nick Cage, by the way, um, as I'm researching Nick Cage stuff, just because, you know, uh, I was I was trying to find information about the movies, about other stuff he's done, about what better Nick Cage movies we could have seen if they were available streaming. Um, and I came across The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This is The Unbearable Weight. This is not out yet. This is a movie coming out next year. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is a movie starring Nick Cage. As if these descriptions are correct. I'm getting this from IMDb, for God's sake. It stars Nick Cage as uh, out of, or not out of work, as actor Nick Cage, who is currently down on his luck due to tax problems, and therefore he will take any job that is offered to him. All right, so, so far, hewing pretty close to real life. And the, the, uh, the crux of this movie is that he is hired by a super fan who wants a private show from Nicolas Cage where he recreates his most famous roles from his earlier movies. Okay, already I'm on board. All right, I get to watch Nick Cage in a completely self-aware film where he is he is making fun of himself recreating his own earlier roles. This is fantastic. All right. But it turns out that the superfan who is paying for this, is also a huge mob boss drug dealer. Okay. Even more complicated. So something goes on. But wait, there's more. It turns out that Nick Cage is actually, has agreed to do this and go undercover for the CIA because of course he would. All right. This sounds like it this sounds like a mess. This sounds like a just a train wreck of a film. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, just praying that it turns out to be as glorious as I know it could be. It probably won't be. But imagine imagine if it if it lived up to the promise of all those words I just said. Wouldn't that be great? Unbearable weight of massive talent. We'll see. It comes out next year, supposedly. Uh I'm I'm excited to see if if that's actually the correct plot synopsis and if it's actually any good. So, all right, that's it. That's all we got for the meticulously plotted portion of the podcast. Uh, we're gonna go straight into the pod. Oh, Matic. Hot dog. This is the Nerd Pride Radio Pod Omatic. At the end of every cast, I bring out R2, that was him, in his fully pimped out Podomatic bubble, and he rolls up random topics pop, pip, pip, hop, for me to talk about. And where these topics come from, you ask? Well, that's where you come in. You want to hear me haver on about something? Send your question or topic to me by email, or better yet, in a private message on my forums over at nerdprideradio.com slash nerds. I'll add to my Podomatic list. Podomatic is about whatever you want it to be and that first number is 99 oh that's a great number to start with i am thrilled um by the way i I know you guys have noticed already but it's finally dawning on me that i'm overusing the word fantastic so it used to be awesome uh i've had a lot of words that i overuse but now fantastic is uh is my new one so uh oh this comes from uh this comes from my wife, Lisa. And Lisa says, What are you currently reading? And then in parentheses it says, Not this question, doofus. All right. You're, damn it. That would have been a great answer, right? This question. All right. But since she called me on it, um, I am currently reading uh, The Inheritance Trilogy by uh, N.K. Jemison, And the first book was phenomenal. Uh, the inherit all right. N.K. Jemison is is currently my favorite author. She was uh, uh, she wrote the Broken Earth trilogy that won all the awards and that I've raved about before. And so uh, I started in on the Inheritance trilogy. And after book one, whose name I cannot remember, I just remember it's the Inheritance trilogy. Uh, after book one, this is a, another grand world, a deep well-developed world that, I mean, this woman is spectacular. 
with rich characters, with uh, intricate plots, with all this stuff. This is a political intrigue uh, in a fantasy setting that is just really well done. Uh, and and by the time you get to the end of it, the problem I had with book one is that by the time I got to the end, I'm like, I'm like, well, well, that's what. How are there two more books? I don't get it. I mean, this is a complete, satisfying, wonderful story. I mean, it's really powerful, and I loved it. I just can't imagine where where it goes from here. Is I mean, what do, do we just? Is the next one a prequel? Do we join other characters? I don't get. I oh, this is, huh? So uh, I just finished, so it's actually not what I'm currently reading because I just finished that uh, a few days ago, and uh, I am taking a break and I'm not reading anything. I mean, the next thing I read will be book two of the Inheritance Trilogy. Uh, I just don't, uh, I just haven't started it yet because I just finished book one. So I'm in, I am in the midst of the Inheritance Trilogy. That's what I'm currently reading. There you go. Oh, uh, that is 69, dudes. All right. Uh, can't help myself. I also have not watched uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music yet. Really need to get to that. It, I can't even believe the reviews are good for it. How great. I'm not reading any of the reviews. I'm just looking at the uh, Metacritic and Rotten Tomato numbers. Uh, but um, who was your worst teacher and why? This is also from my wife, Lisa. Uh, my worst teacher would be um, would be my seventh grade social studies teacher who at the time was my favorite teacher ever and who we later learned was fired for uh, inappropriate conduct with young boys. So uh, I do not know that he was... Uh, a molester necessarily but he certainly wound up filming some inappropriate stuff if the stories were correct uh and anyway uh yeah that that guy was pretty bad um who was my least favorite teacher uh i mean worst teacher as in you know just didn't know what they were doing or worst as in my least favorite or i have no idea I always assumed that most of my teachers were pretty competent. No, wait. No, no, no. My eighth grade social studies teacher, he was terrible. I didn't dislike him necessarily. I had no strong feelings about him one way or another. Uh, but uh, he was... I don't know how old he was. I assume he was 60. I mean, just at a guess because he was older than any of my other teachers and and we watched films in his class three days a week and he would sleep behind his newspaper at the front desk and I mean he was just he was just lazy he was just going through the motions I assume he was close to retirement and he didn't feel like putting up with it anymore so yeah he was just terrible as a teacher but um I mean, I understand. I get it. But, you know, if that's the case, you know what? Either do your best work until you're done or or figure out how to get the hell out early. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know his life. Whatever. He was a terrible teacher. And this will be the last one. And I can say that sincerely because Aiden is not here to trick me. 07. 07 comes from... Dun, dun, dun... It's, it's from Jacob, and Jacob says, I bet I could eat more wild mushrooms than you. Yep, yep, I bet you could. I'm not a big fan of mushrooms anyway, so uh, you know what? You go right ahead. I wonder, is this supposed to be, is there like another question? Like, was this a, I bet I could eat more wild mushrooms than you, and then there's something that goes with it? I don't I mean, yes, yes, I agree with you, dude. You're completely right. You could. Huh. All right, I lied. One more. That was just too weird. Um, oh, good. Number 10. We don't even have to scroll anywhere. Number 10 is from... Holy crap. All right, this is insane. How is that even possible? Okay, because number... 
I, I have to I have to back up a little bit. When people send me their questions for the Potomatic, quite often I get numbered lists of questions. Like, and 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 I don't strip those out because that would be way too much work for me. So I just you know, I just take the list and I just paste the whole thing in. So the number of the question that they put on it is always still here. So as I'm looking at the list right now, uh, I am looking at, I can see there's a 42, a 30, a 47, uh, a 9. Okay, great. So having said that, for some reason that I cannot fathom, there is no number 10 in my my numbered list where I, where I go to look. There's no number 10 there. Like, it's just been accidentally erased. But at the same time, uh, Jacob's question has a number 10 on it to fill that space. Weird. I don't know if that makes any sense to any of you, but it's odd. The The numbers that I put in to number my list from 1 to 100, my 10 is just gone. But fortunately, the question has a 10 right at the beginning of it. So, okay, we're good. <gasps> Having explained all of that for no good reason, um, Jacob says, what are you letting life hold you back from that thing you want to do? What's stopping you? You can do it. Do the thing and make it a reality. Uh, well, I, I mean, look. Life is keeping me from... from laying in bed eating nachos watching Netflix all day. Uh, but I don't hold that against life. I mean, that's just, that's just the way things go, I guess. Um, but... I, I don't know, writing the great American novel? I But, I'm, you know, I'm working on Godball. I'm making games. Well, I'm making game right now, which, you know, eventually will translate to other games. Um, and, oh, I'm not playing as many games as I want, though. That would I would like to play more games. I need, I need to work 20 hours a week, and then I would use the other 20 then to play more games. That's what I really need. Or maybe read more books. Or, you know, look, I just need 20 more hours of leisure every week. Because during pandemic, we were doing pretty damn good. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, yes, quarantine. We had to hide in the house. We couldn't go out. Couldn't do anything. And, and so we stayed in our home. And yeah, I got lots of sleeping and Netflix and reading and ga playing games and cleaning house. And, oh, man, that was wonderful. But, uh, but, you know, it was also pandemic and people dying and, and all sorts of terrible things. But here in this house, again, just our closed little household, we did pretty good. But, you know, we're, again, also very lucky to have lots of company. You know, we have a we have a family that gets along pretty well, and we were very happy uh, hanging out together. So uh, fortunate that way. Anyway, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm doing what I want with my life. I, yes, everybody wishes they had some more time. They can get more things done. But uh, I don't feel like my life is holding me back. I'm getting there. I'm always getting there. Uh, so, um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't even tell you. I just I just accidentally read the next question after this one, number 11. And, uh, you, know, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do it without a roll here. What? Number 11? No way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> number 11 is from DM Darks. Uh, hey, Pat. And Darks says, in case you haven't aired Snot the News in this podcast yet, I haven't, um, how are your boogers today? <laughs> oh, man. What a great question. I considered doing a Snot the News, uh, but then I didn't feel like it because uh, uh, it's kind of gross. I mean, I just feel just like... Just a little stuffed up. It's like not a runny nose, but it's not clear either. And it's just like, can you hear? It's just, just not quite getting enough air there. And and Sudafed doesn't seem to touch it. Claritin doesn't seem to touch it. It's just, it's been this way for like a week. It's just, I, I don't have any, you know, there's nothing else wrong with me. There's no, no cough, no congested lungs, no headaches, no, no fever, no, no anything, no nothing, except that I just constantly have just a little bit of snot in there, but not you know thick enough that it's not going anywhere, but still there and obstructing my breathing. It's terrible. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But I appreciate you asking. There you go. All right, and then that is it for the. Uh, no, 
We already did the meticulous survival portion of the podcast. That means we are done with the Potomatic. My God, I could not remember the word Potomatic. I am going nuts today, guys. Uh, so we're just going to turn over to GLaDOS now because she's better with words than I am. And she can give us a recap of this week's episode so far. Remember when the platform was sliding into the fire pit and I said goodbye, and you were like, No way. And then I was all, we pretended we were going to murder you. That was great. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Nerd Pride Radio. The opening and closing theme is Death Metal Disco by Ian Cronk, as performed by Black Dove Underground. My bumper music this week was She Blinded Me With Science, as performed by William Shatner, and Science Fiction Double Feature by Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, all the songs I use are available uh, on a variety of music services. Check them out, listen to them, buy them, enjoy them. I wouldn't include them in my podcast if I didn't absolutely adore them. If you want to help out Nerd Pride, subscribe to this podcast in whatever podcatcher you use, and write us a five-star review. It can be a crappy review. You can say one word or chew me out, whatever you want to do. Uh, just make sure you give it the five stars, because that's what makes the difference to the algorithm. And if you want to do something super nice for this podcast, recommend it to your friends, please. If you're enjoying it, spread the word. Uh, find some other like-minded nerds and let them enjoy it as well, because word of mouth is my bread and butter, people. Uh, remember, I'm always looking for you listeners to do my work for me. Don't forget to send me questions and topics for the Potomatic. Let me know if you want to be included in Listener Betrayal, which we're not doing today, by the way. Uh, surprise! And if you have a really interesting nerd fact about an upcoming episode number, send it to me and save me all of that grueling research. My contact information is mike at nerdprideradio.com. Uh, at Nerd Pride Radio on some social medias that I never check. Never. Literally. Never look. But to be completely honest, the very best way to talk to me is come sign up for my forums at nerdprideradio.com slash nerds. If you sign up there, you'll send me a message. We will hang out together. We will become best friends in the world. We'll have fun. And now it's time for... Hey, how's it going? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't do any listener betrayal today uh, because it is late on a Sunday night and uh, it just... Ugh, just seemed, seemed like a lot at this hour. Uh, and so therefore... Hey, how's it going? Seriously, are you, are you guys holding up okay? I think about you. I worry about you. Um, it Around here, uh, as I told you... Uh, Aiden's got a scare at work, and he's young and relatively healthy, and therefore uh, he's not terribly worried about himself, although, you know, COVID can be scary no matter who it is, and uh, some of the after effects, um, the, the, there's, it, it's more than just the immediate symptoms, and so we find out afterwards that people have damage, and that it's, you know, it's scary. It's really scary. So um, he's got that going on. My, uh, my nephew um, on... My wife's side, it's her nephew, um, came up uh, came up positive for COVID ooh, a week ago, and that was also pretty scary. They had to take him to the hospital because he was having trouble breathing, and it turns out he had a little fluid in his lungs, but antibiotics cleared everything's, everything up. He went home the next morning. Um, it, he was He's fine. He's doing well. So, uh, But again, it's scary. It is... Uh, I... I we just have a lot of stories now about uh, people we know or people who know people uh, or whatever that there's just a lot of a lot of chatter about people coming down with it here in Nebraska in this portion of Nebraska right now and so I, I think uh, I think we're due to be the next wave I, I think it's coming up here in the next week or two and it's gonna suck and so you know, just being a little cautious. I mean, everyone's, uh, again, masking up and, and hiding as much as possible. Although, again, we live in a state where uh, there there is no leeway for staying home just because, you know, you're worried about getting getting the COVID. You still, Aiden, Aiden's still got to go to work, you know? He still has to, uh, there's no uh, there's no unemployment for him. 
uh, if he decides to if he decides to quit and they're not shutting down so um, he's got to go to work if he wants to maintain an apartment if he wants to to continue eating I go to work and that's what a lot of people are up to and so it's it's just I don't know it's no fun it's scary I I feel like because of this I feel like the numbers that we're seeing despite what Fox News wants to tell you. Uh, I think the numbers are actually underreported for COVID cases because we're not testing enough. And because our current incentives right now, we, we have structured it in many states. We have structured things so that you are incentivized to not get tested and to hide your symptoms. That's, that's the financial incentive. If, did I tell you this guy this last time when we had uh, Noah had symptoms and it turns out that we got him tested and uh, he did not have COVID and it was just allergies and it was no big deal. But while we're getting him tested, we all had to quarantine. It was just a couple days, but we all had to quarantine. But there are lots of workplaces where you don't get paid for quarantine. Or if you do get paid for quarantine, there's a cap on it. So, okay, I quarantine for, you know, five to ten days because my family member uh, got tested or because they had COVID. But I didn't get it. Now I have to quarantine again because we have another scare. And now, and so suddenly, there's no money. There's no money to cover that. You you lose the pay for it. You potentially lose, uh, lose money because... Uh, because your benefits rely on your job, so now you have to pay in to cover the portion of benefits that you aren't working. The um, and so therefore, rather than take the risk of of getting sent home, getting quarantined, as long as you don't have a fever, you can pretty much you know, or or a hacking cough that you can't hide. The the financial incentive is to hide it, because otherwise, this could potentially cost you hundreds or thousands of dollars it could cost you your job if if things don't go well and and so i think there's a lot of people out there that are just hiding it avoiding it pretending it doesn't exist because 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 having to take two weeks off of work would devastate them and that's and so i I think that's the reality of what's going on anyway i i don't mean to be depressing i'm sorry Uh, on the positive side hey on the positive side I have been uh, walking. I mean, like, all right, I, I started dieting back at Christmas time. So I started, and when I say dieting, I mean I've decided that I'm just going to eat healthy for the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm off the wagon on a regular basis, but I get back on, and I've dropped 55 pounds since Christmas. Great. That is spectacular for me. But even better than that is finally about, I don't know, a month ago, I finally decided that, you know what, maybe I should exercise too. And so uh, I've been putting in, I've worked myself up to, eh, it's, I'm averaging three miles a day, I think. Some days it's only two, some days it's four or five. Uh, but it's just walking. Me and the dog, we go walking. And anyone else who wants to join me. So uh, Lisa goes walking with me probably about oh, three times a week. And uh, my sons will join me at various times and they all, we all have fun doing that. Uh, but but the great thing is is that, oh, God, I can breathe. I can, whew, my lungs are getting stronger. My heart is getting stronger. My, my, my pulse, my resting pulse rate has dropped. My blood pressure is great. I just went and had lab work done because of all the medications I take. And my cholesterol dropped like a stone. Holy cow. So, so health-wise, I'm doing better than I've done in a long time. And, and this walking three miles a day thing has just been wonderful for me. And for the dog, I think I told you this part, the dog has trimmed down. Oh, my fat little sausage dog. I mean, she's half corgi, so she's a little tiny short legs uh, on, I mean, she's a, she's like a 45 pound dog with these teeny tiny stubby legs and big old, like a stuffed sausage. Her belly's almost dragging the ground. Uh, and, and now now she's got a waist. She's got a defined waist, and she's slimmed up, and she's uh, she's able to go out and do the whole two, three miles at a shot if that's what we're doing, and and doesn't look like she's going to pass out by the end of it. God, that first time, 
first time we took her for a walk over two miles. And we took a lot of breaks in there, too. I mean, like, we walk, we rested. We walked, we rested. Uh, and and once we got done with that whole thing, the next day she could barely walk up and down the stairs. You could just see she was just hurting. Every muscle hurt. She spent the entire day. She'd get up, eat, go out, and then she would just lay there on the floor. Nope, she's not doing a damn thing. And now, now she's got, I mean, it, together. We've, we've walked through this together, and, and it's been great. So really enjoying that. Um, you know, so there's good, there's bad. Uh, we're all just going to stay safe. All right. Like that's all we can do. And so, um, if you haven't checked in on your loved ones in a while, do that. Uh, your friends, your online friends, um, just, just ask them how they're doing. I have uh, Dave, Dave does that for me. Uh, and for our group in general, he is, of all the people that I hang out with, uh, all the people I know online, Dave is probably the best at checking in on people and just making sure, making sure everything, everything's okay. You need to talk? You need to anything? Yeah, you good? Yeah. He's really good about that, and I appreciate him for it. Uh, and uh, I, I would like to be, I would like to be more like Dave. That's what I'm saying. But I have, I have several friends that do stuff like that, and and it's a good group of people. So um, I'm very fortunate for that. So if you have people like that. Check in with them. Check in with them. Just make sure, make sure things are going okay. I know we're all busy, um, or sometimes we're all just you know bored and lazy, and we don't want to do anything. Uh, depends on what your your pandemic situation is like, I suppose. But uh, if it takes a little extra motivation, then get yourself motivated. Just ask people how they're doing. Um, if you need help, God, if you need help, uh, ask. Talk to somebody. I mean, honestly, if if you if you want to talk to me. Seriously, write me, talk to me. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not awesome like Dave, but I can still talk, you know. So, no, you guys are really the best. I do appreciate you. I hope things are going well for all of you. Um, I love you a lot. Take care of yourselves, please, and uh, I'll see you in a week or two. All right.